Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to the Baseball 365 Podcast. We are back, and I hope everybody is doing well. This is episode number 22. And this episode is going to be more focused on the minor league baseball as compared to the major leagues. We're going to talk some prospects tonight. Andrew and I are going to give our top 10 rankings for prospects who have yet to make their major league debuts. And we're going to do something a little different. We're going to exclude the guys who like the Tatises and the Vlads and the Eloys who've already been up and kind of more talk about the next wave of guys who are going to be at the top of these lists as all those guys graduate from prospect status. And... Before we get started, I just want to mention we are on iTunes, and if you want to support the page, you can go and leave us a review and rate us, and that really helps get our names out there. And you can also visit us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. So let me bring in my co-host, Andrew McQuiston. Andrew, man, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Always fun to talk uh, talk some of these young guys. Yes, Yes, I think this is what a lot of our listeners do enjoy, too. I've noticed our download count on a lot of our Dynasty and Prospect talk has been... We've got we've had a few more downloads on those episodes. I think they do get more attention than just regular Major League Baseball talk, which is interesting to me, given not... I, I know the Baseball 365 Facebook group, we have a lot of Dynasty players, but typically that's not the case in Fantasy Baseball. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it just people want to hear it because it's not a you know like every day you're watching the major leaguers, whereas you know not as many people are watching the minor leaguers every day. So it's kind of a, at least I I know that's a lot of the reason I I get interested in listening to stuff about them. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, actually, I know I have my way of doing it. I've got the the. MLB.com has a prospect player tracker, and that's mostly how I get my info. I've had, I don't know, 100 to 150 players probably lined up on here. And what it does is if you go to the player tracker on MLB.com, search search around for it, you can put players in there and search for them. And if you sign in on Twitter, you can actually keep those players in there to where every time you go to that page – that list of prospects will come up. And that's how I get my prospect news. I'm looking and seeing what a lot of the guys I'm following, how what they did that night. What do you do with prospects, Andrew? I know you use this player tracker, but what is there anything else you use? Uh, I mean, I read a lot of like Baseball America and just the MILB. You know, I'm on their website some. I do use the player tracker. I don't use... Um, like my specific players as much as I used to, I just go to the top hundred and do the all 900 and sort by that. So it has everybody at that point. And then, you know, you just rank by hits or homers or steal, you know, whatever you want. So if I just want a quick rundown of who did what that day, I'll do that. Um, and then podcasts and stuff too, of course. Yeah. There are plenty of great ones out there that, cover this more actually more full-time as compared to us where we kind of about once a month it seems like we're trying to do a podcast that's focused on prospects those guys know quite a bit uh and as for the this this week it's been a crazy week and it's 
interesting timing that the night we decide we're going to do prod prospects, there's been a ton of call-ups this week, Andrew. Yeah, I know. It's been absolutely crazy, man. Yeah. We made this caveat with our prospect list that we're going to do later with it being top 10 guys who haven't made their debut. And I guess three or four of the guys just didn't want to be on that list because they just went on and came up now. Yeah, I for sure would have had Keston on mine. Yeah, and he's And he's off now, you know, just because we're just excluding anyone that's in the majors, so. Or that has yeah. been in the majors, so. We're, I guess we could play that game. You don't have to give me your list yet, but looking at your list, where do you think you would have had him? I'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the, to the list. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think it's just better because we'll have the actual names there. Okay. Well, let's get into the news, and most of our news is going to be prospect-related. I'm not going to go into too much Major League Baseball stuff, but the big one, I or actually I say we're going to talk about the call-ups to the majors by a lot of these prospects, but before we get to that, I do want to discuss Miguel Andahar and wish him a good recovery after going under the knife to repair a torn labrum. He's out for the season. He tried coming back after rehabbing a bit, but if you look at the production, it's easy to put two and two together that he wasn't right and needed to go ahead and just have surgery. Now, Andrew Didi Gregorius, I think I saw he's supposed to start playing an extended spring training game soon. I, I think I saw like 10 days away earlier this week, so we're probably about a week away. And when he returns, that gives them options to where they could slide either Glaber Torres or DJ LeMahieu over to third and still have a full infield. And that personally has me thinking they might not be as aggressive at trying to trade for a third baseman. But do you agree with that? Or do you think they may, you know, this is the Yankees, get out there and try to get see if someone's available? Never say never. I mean, I, I would never put it past them to try and do something like that. But... Yeah, I mean, I think they could probably get by. I mean, I tell you what, they're getting by now with all these guys hurt. It's totally nuts. I was just looking the other day. I actually think this morning I looked, and they had the fifth best record in baseball. And if you name off, I mean, the guys that have been hurt for most or a lot of this year, it's it's just absolutely crazy. It might be the most, the craziest thing, like, by a, a specific team. I mean, just the fact that they're still playing so well, it's it's like it hasn't even affected them. I agree. I was going to say the same in terms of, you know, it's not you, you're not used to saying the Yankees have had the most impressive season because they've just always have so much on their roster, but given how much they've lost and going into tonight, we're recording on Friday night. They're a half game out of first place. They're closing yeah. on the race. It's incredible what they've done. Yep, I totally, totally with you. I'll mention Jake Book from our Rotomasters Two League. We were on our Facebook chat, and he suggested maybe Nick Castellanos being a guy that he thinks New York may look into, or maybe I maybe not may, but should possibly look into. I thought that was interesting. Castellanos played the outfield lately, but he does have experience at third base, and the Tigers aren't going anywhere. What do you think of a guy like that moving over there? Uh, I don't really know one how, if he's would be that good at third base. I think it's been a couple years since he's played there, and um, I have my own opinions on what I think of Nick Castellanos. Anyways, I I don't 
I think he's overrated. I think they can get by just fine and not have to give up what they would have to get up, give up to get him. So I'd probably not do it, but I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I mean, it's just I, don't, I wouldn't do that if I was them. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. And, and yeah, it's been two years. I took Nick Castellanos in that Rotomasters 2 startup in 2017, and he was playing third for about two-thirds, three-quarters of the season. I think I traded him before he made the position switch, but I knew even drafting him in 2017, in February that year, that he was not long for third base. They said at that time he was a butcher there, and most thought he'd end up at first base, but he ended up in the outfield instead, and I kind of think that outfield or first base is where he's probably going to play the rest of his career. Have you seen Have you seen what Castellanos has done this year? Just, I, I want to say he has something like two home runs, and that's about three. all I know. Three, he's got okay, three, yeah. What's his line? One, like one steal, I think. Just, I just don't understand. Like I've said it so many times. I I don't even know if I've said it to you every time, but it's just I don't. He's turning into Yuli Gurriel for me. Put it that way. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, in other words, when we start our positional rankings next year. Not, not so – I'm not talking about <laughs> talent level because I think he's better than Yuli. But just as far as – I just don't understand, like, why people like him so much. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, yeah, don't, think, I don't think he's anything special, like, at all. I just don't. I feel a lot different about him now than I did two years ago. And it's because of that. He really, nothing about what he's done has been special. And who knows, maybe someday he'll prove us wrong and actually get out there and have a breakout yeah, season like I Mitch will, Haniger. But I will say if, if he went to the Yankees, that would help a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would, you would think like if they, if they wound up doing that, that would help. But well, yes, um, you, you yeah, get a pop just, up and it's out to right field. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I'm curious to see if they do something. Urshela has been playing good for him, too. Yeah. And he's like a guy that they, you know, were never counting on. And he's been a pleasant surprise. So I don't know if they really need to make the move, but we'll see if they do. They're 28 championships or whatever. That team needed some breaks. I'm glad. I'm glad for them. The little guys that could, they're able to. Get get do all this this year. Sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about some call-ups there. Like I said, there have been a bunch. And to list them off, the ones I have seen this week, Keston Hero, we've already mentioned him. Austin Riley with the Braves. Brandon Rogers, just called up by the Rockies. He's debuting tonight on Friday. Nicky Lopez. For the Royals, and then we also have a two players that have returned after being in the minors for well, Malik Smith for ten games, and Willie Calhoun, who I think it's been almost a full year since he's been up. I I don't remember if he was up last September, but it's no, I think he was left down. Yeah, it may have been a year and a half since he was in the pigs, but these are all big call ups, and I thought we'd break them down one by one here and just talk about them all for a little bit and start off with Keston Hira who was the top-rated prospect of these guys on the majority of lists. And Travis Shaw has been struggling all season, batting average of 163 and an on-base percentage of 266 and a slugging percentage of 281 through 40 games. It's been pretty rough for him. 
and the Brewers just sent him to the injured list due to a hand or wrist injury. He was hit in the hand by a pitch in April, so maybe this is part of why he's struggling. Anyway, Hero's up and has a shot, and with Shaw down, Moustakis, I think he's going back to third base, and Hero's at second. And if he hits well enough, I think he's got a real shot to stick here. Andrew, what are your thoughts specifically on here rest of season, and how confident are you that he holds this job down for every day at bats the rest of the year? I think there's a pretty good chance that he can hold it down, get every day at bats. Uh, I'm confident that he'll hit. I mean, he always has, so there's no reason to really doubt that. My biggest question with Hura, and I think the reason I'm maybe not quite as high on him as, as some are, is just I just wonder how much of the rest there's going to be. Like, I know he can hit, but how much power is he going to have? How much speed is he going to provide? I, I don't think there's going to be a much of that. And uh, that lineup cracking the top of it is tough. So, you know, it, I, I just I feel like we could be looking at a guy that's hitting five, six, seven for a National League offense, granted a good one, that doesn't have a lot of power and doesn't really have much of any speed. So, you know, I, I like him, I think, more long-term than short-term. But I do think he can hold the job. I think he will st- like hit enough that he should probably be able to hold the job. Yeah, I'm with you on the job part and i think i'm with you on i think long term maybe next year the next year or two is whenever he'll probably get to a much you know better production than what he'll do this year i'm confident in the approach and i gotta see i think i saw every one of his bats or all but one of his bats in that first game and the thing that came away to me was his approach was really good in those in those at bats the one of the at bats, he had a two one count, and he got hosed on a one a slider that was inside that should have been ball three, but got called for a strike. And I think he still slapped a single on a slider or on the outer part of the plate. He slapped a single left field, and just every one of those at bats, I was like, wow, this guy's got a good awareness of the strike zone. He picks up pitches well, and he just has a really good approach. Now I say that. And last night I was out and about, so I didn't get to see him play, but I saw he was something like 0 for 4 with three strikeouts yesterday. And I was like, oh, well, that's not near as good. But I think he's 2 for 3 tonight with no strikeouts. So we'll see. My thought on him long term, I think after seeing the power pick up this year, and that's tricky because it is the PCL with a juiced ball. So it's hard to put apples to apples here in terms of going from the PCL to the major leagues that you're going to hit as many home runs just because the juke balls juiced in both spots now. But I think Hira has a good as sh- a shot to be what I expected Alex Bregman to be a couple years ago when he came up. That's the comp I've been making this week. And Bregman, when he was coming up, I really thought he'd be a 25 home run, 10 stolen base guy. And I think that's what Hira could end up being here in the next few years. That's with a solid batting average and good walk rate and good counting stats hitting. I think where he lands is the two hole on that team eventually. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying he, 
he can't do that long term. I'm just thinking along the lines of this year and right now. And I don't know. I, I made the joke in the, and I was joking, by the way, in the Rotomasters 2 chat about he's DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> and I, and I, was, I was kidding. I would, I would rather have Kested Hira than DJ LeMayhew. But I'm also, like, I wouldn't be that shocked if he's similar to that this year. Now, I'm not saying DJ LeMayhew is bad, but nobody loves DJ LeMayhew in fantasy. I mean, let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. I just, I don't know how much power or speed to expect. I, I just really don't. But some of it with just his contact alone, there will probably be some power just come because of that. Because Miller Park and yes. juice, ball, juice balls and all that, you know. So I get that. And there may be an avenue to him getting to the top of the lineup if he hits enough. Because other than Kane and Yelich, I don't really know if there's anybody else that's a a lock to be at the top of that lineup. So he could get there, especially if like Kane went down or something. I, I wouldn't uh, completely rule it out. I didn't put this in the notes, but I think this is a good point to play a him or him game on this guy the rest of the season. Sure. So I'm going to throw some at you here. I'm always up for him or him. You yes. <laughs> Keston Hira or Rugnet Odor. who's had a pretty rough start to the year. I think he had a real good game on Thursday, though. Yeah, I think he homered tonight, too. Um, Did he? I think so, yeah. I'll t- I'd take Odor. Wow, okay. In that case, we're moving down yeah. here. Um, I, it gets pretty rough once I start moving down here. What about, let's see, Scooter Jeanette. Isn't, he's injured, isn't he? I mean, I would take, I would take Hura. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I would take Hura in Dynasty. Yeah, I would. Yeah, but that one but, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but short term, like just this year, I'd take Odor. What about Jose Peraza? I think I'd take Hura. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, yeah. I could list off some more, but I think they're pretty hard, like, I feel pretty confident one way or the other on. I might have just started right there too close to where I think he'd be ranked. I'll throw one more. Jerks and Profar. Hira. Yeah. So if we're looking at this, let's see. One, yeah, two, I, don't, three, I don't dislike Hira. I just – it's just in the back of my head. I just wonder yeah. about the, the power and speed. But I know he can hit for sure. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll move on to Austin Riley. This call up call up occurred after the injury to outfielder Edwin Ed bleh, Ender Enciarte. Riley, who was getting playing time in the outfield due to the arrival of Josh Donaldson, he was playing the outfield, I think, a couple days a week in the minor leagues this year in Gwinnett. I think that's the Braves triple A team. And he now has a path to playing time if he hits, because with Enciarte out, they need an outfielder. Riley has been a high strikeout guy in the minors, but looking at his stats on fan graphs, and I'd been hearing this already, he had improved that part in the early going of the season. And in 37 games, he was striking out 19% of the time, which would be the first time it was ever under 20% in pro ball since he was signed to the Braves. So if I recall, Andrew, we both had Riley in our preseason predictions show, but not in a good way. I think when we were talking about one, we were 
prospects that were in the top 50 that would fall out of the top 100. I know I had him on my list. I think you did too. And if that's true for you, I mean, I know I'm already in this and that's that, that just that prediction does not look good. Did did you have him also? I know Yeah, I, know I forget Sanchez, but I I think Sanchez was one. I forget what the context of it was, but yeah, he was on my negative list, whatever yep. we did. I just forget what exactly it was, but it was top what who in the top 50, 50. was going to end up out of the 100, top 100 yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. And I think we both were saying the same thing. He'd get called up, struggle really bad, and then fall out of favor with the prospect guys and well, he's only been up a few days, and he only had 37 games in AAA, but he's been incredible so far this year. Yeah, yeah, he's been good. Um, he's, for me, kind of the opposite of Hura in that I don't really like him long-term still. I, I just I just don't really, but I kind of like him short-term. I. I think as long as, uh, you know, he's obviously he's off to a hot start. Good environment there with Atlanta. I mean, they've got a good offense, and he's got power. And he's already shown it a little bit. So I kind of like him in, like, a redraft league. You just get, like, a lightning in a bottle type thing. But long term, I'm still not sure what to make of him completely. Uh, Last year in AAA in 75 games, he struck out 29% of the time. Dropping that to 19%, that impressed me. I'm still waiting to see, but I'm a lot more optimistic on him than I was t- two months ago, that's for sure. I'd say you probably are at least a little more, considering yeah. oh, what yeah. we were saying before. Yeah. All right, well, third uh, third guy we'll talk about is Brendan Rogers, And the Rockies called him up on Thursday after Trevor Story hurt his ankle in a collision with Rymel Tapia in left field on Wednesday night. And Story did say the injury isn't serious and he didn't expect to go on the DL. And sure enough, Friday night tonight, he's in the lineup. But Rogers still was called up and he is playing second base tonight as we are recording. And uh, Garrett Hampson, mercifully, finally demoted to AAA earlier this week. And Ryan McMahon really has not carried over his incredible spring training he had to where this seems like there's an opening here for Rodgers to possibly get in there and get some at-bats. Now, Colorado has butchered many young bats in the last few years, but none of them, I don't think any of them, have had the pedigree like Rodgers had. I don't. I think he was a top-five pick there in the 2015 draft. So, Andrew, let's talk about Rodgers here. What are your thoughts on him? And in that Colorado, with that Colorado franchise, how likely do you think he sticks here? I'm just going to say this because as far as Rogers sticking, basically what I feel like is being asked is how good is he going to perform in the next 10 to 15 games? And I have no idea. So, and I feel like that is going to be a lot of what decides whether he ultimately sticks or not. If he sticks for the rest of this season, I'll take him over every guy we're going to talk about tonight. Over Hira, over Riley, over all of them. But that's the issue. Is you just don't know. I mean, but I want I mean, if I knew that, that would I, I feel like his ceiling 
compared to these guys for this year, if he has the job, is the highest. But if he has the job is a real big question with Colorado. I don't trust him. I feel like he could go 0 for 4 a few games in a row, and that's it. You know, I, I just don't trust him. Just don't trust him. How can you? No, and the thing is, if he sticks, he is performing really well. So that yeah. I think that goes hand in hand right there in terms of with the Rockies. They're not going to be patient with that guy, I don't think. I think McMahon would start getting that bats right back, and McMahon could get hot and run away with that job again. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I do have a lot of thoughts on Rodgers. I have owned him since I, my first dynasty startup was 2016, and I took Rodgers. So I've followed his career through the minors real close, and I do have some thoughts here and about him and specifically redrafts and dynasty leagues here. I made a post on the Baseball 365 Facebook group actually talking about all that I'm about to say. And in 2017, he started the season in Lancaster, which is one of the best hitting parks in the minor leagues. And he played 51 games. He had a 387 batting average and 12 home runs. He was incredible. And not, that's to be expected out of most anybody with talent hitting in Lancaster. We've seen plenty of bad players go to that ballpark and be look amazing. So then he was called up to double A for the second half of that 2017 season. And he took huge steps back. His strikeout rate went from 15 to 22%. His batting average was 260 he had six home runs in those 38 games. So he was given a little bit of power, but it was definitely a step backwards. People at the end of 2017, you were hearing prospect people talking, souring on him between the step back, the walk rate, not really being there. So in 2018, last year, they kept him in double A to start the year. And he played 95 games there and he showed pretty good improvement. His strikeout rate fell back down to 19%. His walk rate was up at 7%, hitting 275, 17 home runs in those 95 games and 12 steals. He was playing really well to where at the end of 2018 of the minor league season, they called him up to AAA. And again, it was a struggle once he got there. And we're talking small sample, but strikeout rate back up to 22%, 1% walk rate, 1.4 and a 232 batting average, no home runs, no steals. And once again, people were pretty soured on him going into this offseason and prospects. Then he starts this year in AAA, and in 35 games, once again, big improvement. 356 batting average, nine home runs, 35 games, 16% K rate. The theme here that I'm, whatever I'm going with all this is. Rodgers has struggled every time he's moved up a level during the season that I've seen throughout his minor league career. And it would not shock me if that trend continues here and he has a rough go of it here these next few weeks and they send him back down just saying he's not ready or the Rockies make mistakes. I'm not confident that he's going to come up and hit here in the early going just from his patterns. Now, this could all be a coincidence. He may come and he's found something in AAA this year and he carries over and he's awesome. But I did watch his first two at bats or th maybe his first three at bats tonight. And the thing that stuck out to me, cause I was distracted watching my daughter, but he was swinging at every pitch, just like I was seeing uh, he's shown in the minors at different points to where 
Yeah, it could just be having the jitters from his first game, but I don't know. All that I say all that to say I would not be going crazy on fab bids on him this Sunday unless he's just absolutely blowing up this weekend. Yeah, it's like I said, I feel like it is high risk. I mean, he could if if he struggles short term, his opportunities could go away quickly. But if he, if he's good, I mean, I just I do feel like the up there's a lot of upside. So it's it's a real it's he's kind of a tough one for me because I I think that he has a lot a lot more or more upside than some of these other guys. But you know you run that risk of like two weeks he's down and it's just really hard to predict short samples for players. I mean, how many people on this planet would have predicted Michael Chavis? to have a better start to his career than Vlad Jr. <laughs> I mean, really, though. Like, yeah. But that just goes to show. Now, I mean, I think we all pretty much agree that that won't be the case like two years from now. But mm-hmm. in a short window, anything can happen. And that's where I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to make that prediction because at 10 to 15 games, like I said, I feel like that's, Really it. If he gets off to a blistering start, he's playing. And if he doesn't, he's probably not. But no. yeah, predicting those short windows, it's it's tough. It's just it's really tough. It's so random. Colorado's off to a tough start so far this year, but they are a team trying to win right now. And I don't think it, I think they'll keep playing around with that second base position until somebody gets hot. And if Rogers doesn't do it, they may go right back to McMahon or maybe Hampson's down there in the minors and he finds his swing and gets himself right. And he's the one that's back up and starting here in a month. It, anything's possible. They've got three options there and they could always go outside if none of those are working out. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, we'll move on and talk about middle infielder Nicky Lopez with the Royals. He was called up this week and it appears he's going to be their starting second baseman going forward. The Royals have told Whit Merrifield that he's going to be in the outfield more to make room for Lopez. And to make things better, they've used him in the two-hole their first few games since the call-up. I don't really know too much about Lopez really before this week, Andrew. So I thought I'd ask you to share your thoughts on him and see if you know have you can enlighten me a little more about him. Uh, I don't think he's really too much of an impact guy. The one he's got some speed and he can hit a little bit. The one thing that I think that you have to like about him is that I think he's going to play. I I don't really think that he is going anywhere. I think he's their second baseman for the rest of the year. They moved with the outfield and um, yeah, I mean, they're a bad team obviously. So I don't see any reason why he won't stick. I think he'll chip in some steals and, He's been hitting second, so yeah, I think he could be kind of a sneaky guy that could help, but he's not going to be a huge impact guy. There's really not much power, so. Yeah, it looks like an empty batting average looking at his fan graphs page right now and just seeing what he's doing. I, I A few home runs and steals maybe chipped in, but something I just noticed, in his 31 games in the minor leagues, have you seen his K and walk rate? Uh, yeah. You mean, th- you mean this year? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, he's got like no Ks and some walks. Yeah, good amount. 130 at bats. He has five strikeouts in AAA, and he has 20 walks. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was the, I didn't know it was exactly that, but I knew it was something like that. yeah. That's incredible, and we're three games into the season, so none of this really means much. But so far, with the, in the majors, he has three walks and one strikeout. Yeah, I kind of like, too, that they just threw him in there in the two spot. It's like yeah. putting bet- between Witt and Mondesi. And you're, you're putting a guy in position to succeed a little bit, you know, as opposed to hitting him eight or nine like the Pirates are doing with Cole Tucker every <laughs> I knew you were every, about to say that. Every game. <laughs> it blows my mind, man. I swear, just, gosh, just put him up there. Jeez. Now they, they've they got to keep do him it. down. And you know yeah. what? It'll be like Archer whenever they dealt for Archer. They're going to wait until it's already too late. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll move on to Malik Smith. A couple. We're going to go to call-ups to the guys that had some experience. And Malik Smith, who started the year as the Seattle leadoff hitter after a great 2018, is back up after a successful 10-game run in AAA. Now, Malix was pretty terrible in his first 27 games in the bigs this year, Andrew. He was striking out over 30% of the time. How confident are you? Because he did perform better in AAA. How confident are you and him the rest of the year going forward? Uh, just kind of so-so. I, I don't. It's kind of hard for me to know what to think right now. I feel like he could potentially just be a fourth outfielder type. He needs to start hitting. And like when you combine that with the fact that D Gordon decided to show up this year as opposed to last year, he's you know he's kind of entrenched himself at the top a little bit. So I don't know. I'm kind of down on Malik still, but I could still you know there there's still avenues for him to get to the top of the lineup and get going again. But it's just uh, just kind of frustrating right now. It's incredible, you know, last year. In 141 games in Tampa, he had two home runs, 40 stolen bases, struck out 18% of the time, walked 8% of the time. Those are impressive numbers. And to see how far he's regressed this year in terms of going from 18% strikeout to 28%, to almost 29 he was still walking some, but man, that's brutal. Yeah, they've got him hitting ninth tonight, so. All right, well... I thought we'd do some outfielders. This one's, I know, really tough, but rest of season, I thought I'd throw a couple outfielders at you and see who you'd rather have. Um, Malik Smith or Billy Hamilton? Uh, Two similar guys. I think Billy Hamilton. You know, that just made me think, how's Billy Hamilton doing this year? I have not paid attention. I mostly I mostly say that because I'm more confident that Billy Hamilton will play. I yeah. mean, like I just I feel like we could be sitting here in July or August, and Jake Fraley could be up in Seattle's outfield, and Malice could, could just get pushed to the side. I I don't I'm not too con I'm not like for sure. I'm not saying that he can't stick like he could, but. Um, you know, Billy's going to play on KC, so I'll just take him. But Yeah, I think that's a good con- good one to stick with. Just uh, 
because most of these others are different players, but yeah, they're Billy so, and him are pretty similar. That's the thing with guys like Malix and Billy. There, there's so many guys that, like, if you're if you went down a list of names that, it's there's such different type of players on, you know, that you would name off. It's like Randall Grichik or right, Alex yeah, Smith, <laughs> right, right. And then I would just tell you, you know, whatever do you need, speed, do you need speed or power? Yeah, yep. And finally, the last call-up I thought I'd bring up, Willie Calhoun back up with Texas, and in 138 at-bats this year, he had 22 walks and 19 strikeouts, which is pretty impressive. He also had eight home runs chipped in, and I read a week or two ago, he was even getting some second base reps again, If and now he's up, and he's off to a fat, fast start, hitting second on Wednesday and Thursday. I bet he was tonight, too. I didn't look at the lineup. But I know he was starting again tonight with each outfielder taking a day off. And he had a home run both games, Wednesday and Thursday. And I think he had already had a double when I was looking at the box score earlier. And I was fortunate enough to grab a dynasty share a few weeks back when someone had a roster crunch and cut him. I was surprised when I saw him cut and I immediately went out there and spent some fab to pick him up and stash him on my bench. And I'm pretty excited about this so far. Willie Calhoun, he's always been able to hit that's been the book on him he's a great hitter and a terrible fielder but he also has had some maturity issues i think i recall someone even asking him a a year or two ago what position he played and his response was hitter do you remember that andrew yeah i think i remember it (laughs) not a great answer now that you say it i wouldn't have on my own i don't think but yeah now that you're saying it i think i remember that so with Calhoun showing these improvements and being up and the Rangers seem not really having any reason to compete, I would think they'd try getting him in that lineup and keeping him in there if he's going to produce like this. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, they may. I, I don't know. I've never, uh, I've never really been too big on him. But I think it might just be one of those things it's like, you, you know, you hear about like prospect fatigue and stuff like it's just mm-hmm. I feel like we've been kind of waiting on this guy forever. I don't know. It's just he's he had some good seasons in the minors and has kind of been slow to get his footing in the majors. And I don't know. I'm just kind of so so on him. But, yeah, if it, it's it's a good situation in that Texas isn't good. So they may have finally decided, like, let's give this kid some run and he could be all right, you know. It wouldn't surprise me, but probably won't be on any of my teams. I don't have any shares, and I may put in a small bit on him in a league or two, but if I don't get him, I won't be upset or anything. Okay. I think I'm a little higher on him for this year as I'm thinking about it and seeing what he's doing so far and just knowing that Rangers team. I I see some upside here and he may not, he may not get the playing time. He could go through a couple weeks struggle and show, do something that we don't even see back or, you know, the the maturity stuff and get sent back down. That's all possible too. He's got, he's got Hunter Pence looking over his shoulder. So <laughs> watch out yeah. for that. How about Texas tonight? I heard Jeremy Hansen complaining about that. He's in our baseball or, Rotomasters 2 group and he was saying you know the um, Rangers are playing a right-handed pitcher tonight and they're sitting Nomar Mazzara and starting Hunter Pence 
so that yeah. they can get Willie Calhoun into the lineup. And it's like, yep. I think he said that's the most Rockies thing the Rangers could do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. All right. The last one isn't really a call-up, but a return I thought I'd mix in here. I saw Miguel Sano is back after hurting himself in the Dominican Winter League in the offseason. Now he's back after a season last year that was pretty lost, and I think he even had a demotion mixed in there. He's always been a big, high-exit-velocity guy with 70-80 grade power, but the swing and miss has been terrible, and that's really been the thing that's hampered him. And Andrew, I know you've been a big fan of him before, and I know we talked about him in January, February, but are your thoughts much different than we talked before the year about him? I don't even remember what I was saying about him before this season. <laughs> I know I've, I mean, I've had past seasons where I've liked him. I, right now it's kind of wait and see. I mean, I'm not as high on him as I used to be. Obviously he's just been kind of all over the map is, you know, injured and then not performing and sent down. And it's just been like a complete whirlwind with him, but he has power. I mean, I'm not sure I can say a whole lot else about him right now, but, He's got a lot of power, and, you know, you just kind of wait and see what happens. I do still have him in one dynasty league, so. I would think he'd be out there also in fab for fab pickups this week. Is that somebody you think you'll be trying to get or probably not putting much of a bid in? There's just there's so many guys this week. It's like uh-huh. it's so crazy. Like in NFBC, and I'm in a couple of those, one of the, uh, one of the rules in those leagues is you can't pick up someone that has been called like some you can't pick up a guy until they're called up unless they were drafted so like Man. so like Brendan Rodgers, Austin Riley, um Keston Hira, Nicky Lopez, uh Corbin Martin cuz Corbin Martin pitched on Sunday and it has to be by mm. Saturday it has to be by Saturday for that week. So Corbin Martin is available this coming Sunday. Um, you know, Oscar Mercado and uh, probably Willie Calhoun. I mean, there's so many. There's just tons. Plus all the, you know, normal, regular guys. But there's, you know, you have guys like that are just normally going to be picked up anyways. But then when you add in all these, it, I feel like this might be the craziest week of the season. Like by you know, if, looking back at the end of the year, uh, it w- doesn't look like it's going to have Jordan in it, which, you know, everybody pretty much is, I think he's kind of the uni- unanimous top guy, but it's like everyone else almost. It's just, it's pretty wild. Okay, Andrew, we had a lot of call-ups here and I thought it'd be fun to just go over them and rank them in terms of who you'd like to have the most and least rest of the season. So I'm going to list these guys off and We'll give our list here of how we have them ranked. And that's Keston Hira, Brennan Rogers, Nikki Lopez, Austin Riley, Willie Calhoun, Malik Smith, and Miguel Sano. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Now, so this is for this season. Rest of season, not dynasty here. Okay. Um, I'm thinking, so go ahead. You can, okay. You can do yours. I have... Keston here number one, Malik Smith number two, Willie Calhoun at three, Austin Riley at four, 
Brendan Rodgers, five. Miguel Sano, six. And Nicky Lopez at seven. Whew. It's hard. These are, this is a tough list to rank here. Because I feel like any of them could... All, the top six, I feel like, could hit and be stars. Yeah. Um, I am going to say... Keston Hero one, just because he's the safest. Brendan Rodgers two, hmm. because I think he has the most upside. But I I, re- I recognize the risk, and if he's in the minors in a week and a half, believe me, I won't even be surprised. <laughs> uh, Austin Riley three, then it drops off. I would probably say Malik's four. And just hope you get your speed. Sano, five. Calhoun, six. And Lopez, seven. Well, we got some... Odd, Calhoun, and, Calhoun and Lopez kind of... Um, kind of, I mean, not similar in the similar players, but they're interchangeable. Trying to think. think one. We should do a 365 bet here on one of these. Because you got Calhoun significantly lower than I do. And I don't think you'd want to do Rodgers versus Calhoun here because I know you're not. Well, did you have Calhoun ahead of Riley? Yeah, but I'll one take, slot. I'll take, oh, okay, I was going to say I'll take Riley. I don't know if I feel confident enough to throw that one in there. And I don't know if you'd feel comfortable enough to go Rodgers versus Calhoun. If you did, I would take that for sure. You have Rodgers, too, and Calhoun. Near the no, bottom. I know, I know. It's just I have Rodgers, too, because of the upside, if he but sticks, the risk is there. It, yeah, if he sticks, I like I said, I'd take him over Hira. Yeah. I just I, – that's the risk. I, I know – I'm pretty confident Hira's going to be there. You know, like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll just be like a steady, probably not – like put it this way. I'll just say this. I don't think Hira will be the best of this list at the end of the year. But no. who is? I don't know. So that's the you, that's that's the question. But I think he'll be in the top two or three. So just you watch. Now that you've said this, one of two things going to happen. Here is either going to hit five home runs in the next week and be the player of the week next week yeah. by the time, or he's demoted by next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So one of those will probably happen because. I feel like a lot of times lately, these strong stances, they kind of uh, mm-hmm. go, they can go sideways, but I don't think we've got a bat here. So let's no, move on. Unless you want to take <laughs> Calhoun versus Sano. That's the only other one I think I got a shot here getting you in on. No, I'm good. Ah, dang it. Okay. All right. Well, it's time to rank our top 10 prospects. And to repeat what I said at the top of the show, this Andrew and I are going to rank prospects from a fantasy baseball perspective, and anyone who's had a career game in the majors is ineligible. And I took some time and went and looked it up. I subscribed to James Anderson's Top 400 on Rotowire, and of the top 30 prospects on his list, this eliminates 10 of them, which I found interesting. A third of the top 30 prospects are already up in the majors. That's Pretty impressive, which yeah. also means we're going to have a lot of guys moving off soon, and the, the list is going to look very different on these 
prospect lists whenever they're making their big midseason lists that people usually put out right around the All-Star break. Yep, I'm uh, ready to go down the list here. I think we'll have some similar, but I think we'll have some different too. Yeah, so I just, agree. Just to be clear, I don't know how you did yours. I kind of just thought in a dynasty league, would I trade this guy for this guy? Yeah. And that was pretty much how I made my order. Some of this is so razor thin that yeah. it's like guys could be four spots apart. And I think it's a coin flip. You know, it's, it's close. A lot of these guys are really close. I, I could do it tomorrow and possibly change some of the order, but I've got it as good as I can get it for now. Yep. Same here. That's, I mean, I looked at it. I looked at a list of a top, I looked at James Anderson's top 30 and thought to myself, which of these guys I'd rather have in which spot. I will tell you this, and I haven't told you this until now. I did a I did 20. Oh, really? You went to 20? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did 20. Oh, dang so it. what I'll do is, what I'll do is we can go to, to 10 and then I'll just kind of read off my 11 through 20 and. You can talk about one or two if you want or don't have to, you know. Just read. I've got – I basically did 12. I put two just miss okay. players. Okay. So, okay, well, we're going to go one through ten. And we're, if, let's say, we're just going to imagine Eloy Jimenez was on here and we both had him number one. If I talk about him at number one and maybe you had – actually, maybe you had him at three. We'll talk about him here at one. And whenever we get to yours at three, we're just going to keep moving because we've already talked about him. Yeah. So we kind of don't keep going back and forth. We'll both just discuss these guys. And, and we're, we talked about it before the show. We decided we're going to go one through ten because I think our top might look a little closer as compared to our bottom. So, Andrew, who did you have number one? Wander Franco. As did I. I figured that one we'd have the same. Yeah, I figured it'd be the same. It's Guy's a stud. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Potential franchise player. I mean, I've actually, I've actually heard them say Vlad at shortstop, which, you know, when you hear that, that's that's pretty amazing. So, it is. A guy as young as he is. What is he? Eighteen. Yeah. And he's having his first season in A ball, and he still going into this as an eighteen-year-old has more walks than strikeouts. That's <laughs> just. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that at that age. He's a special, special talent. And people were saying this about a year ago, even before he made it to rookie ball, They when they were seeing him playing in extended spring training. And he was incredible in rookie ball, and he's carrying it over. And, I mean, people were talking about how he had gotten off to a slow start a little bit those first few weeks. But he's been great. Uh, 300, 301 batting average, 9% strikeout rate, tw- almost 13% walk rate. Four home runs, six stolen bases in 34 games. And this guy's the package. Everybody says he's the total package. And even as though he's an 18-year-old, he seems to be pretty clearly the number one here. I think there's a pretty good gap between him and the next guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's – I agree. Because I actually was kind of torn after this, like at two, a mm-hmm. little bit. And I wasn't torn at one. It's it's pretty obvious. He's, he's just – He's awesome. He ne- I'm, doesn't swing and miss. I mean, it's just he's great. He's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm really – I'm about as confident as you can be. You know, obviously he's 18 years old. But, I mean, how confident can you be 
in an 18 year old in low A, I mean, that this is about as confident as you can be in one. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's why we have him up here. I mean, I feel a lot more confident in him than some of these guys who are performing well in double A AA and triple A. Yeah. Obviously, because I have him up here. That's right. right. And yeah. there are some people, this is just not their cup of tea. They can't bring themselves to drafting or paying the price that it would take to get a Wander Franco in the league because he's only got 34 games in A-ball as an 18-year-old. But I'm so for, for somebody this young, it's like it, there's just a lot of floor there, I feel like, too. And, and I, you don't you don't say that you don't say that about a kid that young hardly ever. One of the discussions you and I had this past off season was dynasty startup league, and we were looking at some rankings and two guys that were really close to each other in dynasty startup rankings on some of the lists we were talking about was Wander Franco and Clayton Kershaw, and you and I went back and forth on that a lot one night because. It's crazy to think that Clayton Kershaw, the guy who's been the best pitcher on the planet for the majority of the last 10 years, and Wander Franco, an 18-year-old who had yet to play a game and uh, above rookie ball, were ranked this close. And it was a it was an interesting discussion in terms of, I think you were more on the Kershaw side at that time. And I'm like, well, I get it. But I also could see myself doing a one-for-one there if I had yeah, Kershaw. It's, it's all situational to me. Uh-huh. I, it really, it's just about like where your contention window is and not even just specifically speaking with him versus Kershaw, just in general, it's just a lot of that. I feel like if you want to build and play for the future, he's, he's one of the top guys you're going to be wanting, you know? So yep. it's, it's all circumstantial and every situation is different with that. Okay. So who do you have number two? The best hitter in the minor leagues this season, Jordan Alvarez, number two. Okay. Well, Is he your two? No. He's not your two. Okay. Yeah, he's just – I thought a lot about it. I considered um, two or three other guys, and to me – it's like the guy is at the top level of the minors and he is absolutely destroy excuse me destroying it so i mean i don't really know what else anyone needs to see other than him in the major leagues so he'll probably be off this list considering we are just doing guys that haven't played in the majors he'll probably be off this list in a couple of weeks He's been incredible, and there's no denying what he's done in the in AAA this year. I don't even have him in my top five. Wow. I don't. I and maybe I'm gonna. Maybe I'll look really stupid for that. I just. I don't know. I can't. For, I see what he's doing in AAA, and I think to myself, this. I can't get it out of my head that it's the PCL with a juice ball and. Uh, well, maybe then that, it's gonna, that then it's going to be the major leagues with a juice ball. I know, I know. I just have this weird feeling, and I don't know if it's because it's the Astros. I don't know if it's because I saw what AJ Reed did three years ago, and I know he's doing much more than AJ Reed ever did in the minor leagues. I mean, what he's doing right now is stupid. It's <laughs> video has, game numbers. He has a nine oh three slugging percentage. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean that. Oh man, yeah, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm just buying into it. Whatever. And it's, I think most it's one of those are. things. It's one of those things. I think he's going to be off this list so soon that it is. It just. It almost doesn't matter, but yeah, mm-hmm. it just. Well, I got him in uh, Rotomasters three, and I tell you what, I'm thrilled. Like I'm just so happy. I want him to call him up so I can move him up to my my bigs. Yeah, get you another prospect in there. Yeah. Well, let me ask this because I know you drafted a young team, and like mostly scrubs are in your lineup, or or, or so. Yeah. Who don't feel does bad. he? Yeah. Repl- don't feel bad about saying that. There, it's full of scrubs for sure. <laughs> so who does he replace in that lineup? Do you know right offhand? Because this will be fun. Um, yeah, this will be fun. <laughs> going to it real quick. Um, I will be putting him in for probably either Juan Lagares <laughs> or uh, or Joe Panic. Oh gee, Joe Panic. There's there's some batting average. Or actually, does he still hit for batting average? Uh, he's not really doing anything this year. He's been no. bad. Mr. Two home runs on opening day yeah. last year, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it's probably one of those two that he'll he'll go in for. It'll be a slight upgrade when you get him in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So my that's number the two. Be- that's the beauty of 20-team leagues, let me tell you. Uh-huh. You, when you get a prospect up, especially if you're not like you drafted. You drafted a young team and put scrubs in there in your major spots to, you know, yeah, basically, so you could throw them away as soon as some of your kids came up. And- it's it's like it's it's almost like if Jordan comes up and he's not good right away, it's still an upgrade. Yeah, from what you know, it's like you don't even really care when you're um, putting them in for guys like that. So, nope. All right, well, my number two, I went with Bo Bichette with the Blue Jays. I decided to put nice. him at number two. Um. Bo, I just, I, he's close, just like um, Jordan is. I like the, I like the ability that he's going to provide some steals that I don't think Jordan has. And I still think he can also be a guy who gets hits for decent power too. Doesn't, never really struck out much at any level of the minors. He's never struck out 19% at any point. And he's walked pretty well through the minors at a, I say pretty well. At a decent enough clip, and I just like the power speed combo. And what's nice about Bo is early on in his minor league career, people didn't think he'd really stick at shortstop, but I think he's done well enough there to where those have kind of quieted since. To where this guy could be a, a 2020 type hitter whenever he gets up. I think that's very doable for him. Yeah, yeah, I love Bo. I. Won't be too much longer till I name him. So, yep. All right. Well, who do you got number three? Uh, Royce Lewis, hmm. who is uh, he's been slow out of the gate. Um, definite struggles so far, but it's just one of those things that you just kind of stick with the talent for longer than this. I mean, I'm not going to just write him off because he's off to a slow start over like 38 games or whatever it's been. So, yeah, yeah, I still think he's a stud. He's has the pedigree and I fully expect him to really get going soon. He's picked it up a little bit as of late. Um, 
Yeah, long term, I, I think I still think he's going to be awesome. I think I saw heard in our Rotomasters two chat that did he do push ups after hitting a double? Or yeah, something? they were they were saying that today. I mean, I didn't see it. I actually should go look that up. I probably will after we stop recording. But yeah, that's so. I made I made the joke. Did you see what I said? I'm like, was that his first or second hit of the year? Because <laughs> he's been. Cause <laughs> I he's missed been, that part. Yeah, I said was that his first or second hit of the year because he's been so bad. But yeah, I I think he'll be fine. I was. Most, I mean, I was, I was really just kidding about all that, but yeah, I, yeah, I think he'll be. I still think he's going to be really good. So he's high on my list. I don't. We won't be long before I talk about him. Also, or I, we hear him on my list too. But yeah, I'm a full believer that you know these are growing pains. It's surprising, but that he's struggling here, especially because he was in high high A ball last year too and did all right. But he's. I think the Twins have themselves a star there. Okay, uh, that was your number two, right? Or that was my three. Three, so okay. Th- we're on your three now. My number three is Joe Adele. I decided to throw him in there, and I do believe I'll, that there... I'll just, I'll just say this. He's my four, so he's my next guy, too. And Royce Lewis is my four, so we just okay, had those two perfect. flip-flopped. Sure. And Adele, we've talked about, and I think we both said that there is some bust bust potential with this guy, but the upside is ginormous also. And I don't think there's a great chance of bust upside. I'm just saying that there, I think there's more of a chance there than most of these guys on this top 10 that are at least up to double a. And he's cause he has swing and miss in his game. He's got a 27% career strikeout rate in the minors. And What's made me kind of wonder to myself, which I don't know if this is fair or not because it's one situation here, but I was thinking the same thing about Fernando Tatis Jr. Because his strikeout rate was in around the same ballpark, and they kind of seemed like they were on the same trajectory in terms of Adele had some a little bit of time in double-A last year just like Tatis. Tatis played a little more. And people were thinking if things went right, there's a chance – Tatis or Adele's up at the end of this year and just seeing Tatis and how he looked coming up and it made me think am I overreacting to these strikeout rates a little bit in terms of what they're doing down in the farm and maybe I mean Adele's got big time power with some speed mixed in upside and I've got him here yeah yeah I mean I feel like Joe Adele has I think you could almost argue that he has the highest ceiling of all of them. Like, yeah, I maybe, maybe, that. maybe even higher than Wander Franco. Yeah, but I, I agree. With I that. mean, I don't know if I want to go there. It's probably a discussion for another day. But I, I do recognize that there's there's probably a scenario too where he is a disappointment because of the the strikeouts and stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, he's just he's so toolsy. I I've heard comparisons to Matt Kemp, like and if anybody who was playing fa- fantasy baseball like 10 years ago, you know what Matt Kemp was. I mean, he was 44 mm-hmm. almost the one year. Right? You know, will he get to that? Probably not, but you know, that's the type of ceiling I think you're looking at with Joe Adele. I, he could be awesome. 
Okay. I guess three of our top four are the same here, and we'll move on to number five for you. Who do you have? I've got Bo, so you can uh, – Okay. Yeah, you can go with your five. My number five is Alex Kirilov with the twins. So I've got two twins back-to-back here. Kirilov, uh, I, uh, this – like we were talking ceiling with, with Adele, and I think Kirilov, he feels like a lot more of a floor guy than a ceiling guy, but I think it's a pretty high floor. And, you know, sometimes we say this and then we t- they turned out to be somebody who has a great ceiling anyways. And I feel real good about him. I mean, the hit tool has been, was incredible last year coming back from injury and 130 games, 20 home runs, strikeout rate somewhere in the 14 to 16% range between A and high A. And everybody came away real impressed they got to see him with his approach and thinking he's going to be just a really good hitter coming up. He's in double A now, and I there's a chance we may see him next year. And I think he's already getting some time at first base, too. They're playing him at bo- both positions because their outfield's so full. So he may be a first baseman. Yeah, I think they've been playing him in both spots. Um, yeah, I I think he's more of a probably a floor guy just because I don't think he's really going to run too much, but yeah, he can, the, the one, if there's one tool that you want young guys to have, if you can pick one, it's, it's hit and he can hit. So it'll, it'll probably all come down to how much power he has. Yep. But, um, yeah, I like him a lot. I have him at six. So, okay. He was my next guy, so you can go. You can go with your six. It's <laughs> just my show, I guess. Talking about yeah. it, you keep having. Yeah, we're just next. bumping, bumping them down. Yeah. Well, which I think Jordan Alvarez is the one that kind of screwed it all up. My number six is Force Whitley, and this is going to turn us into a Facebook post that you made earlier this week. You want to hear something Whitley. funny? You, you want to hear something funny? I'm gonna let me guess. He, he's number he's, seven. Yeah, he's he's number seven. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, on your Facebook post, you asked who you would rather have in a dynasty league: Forrest Whitley or Chris Paddock, and that brought some great discussions on the group. It brought for some great discussion between Rich Wilson and Tim on the Prospect Three Sixty One podcast, and. I know where I landed. I had to think about it for a few days and really make sure I felt that way. But I'm definitely going Whitley. And I feel like it's like I would say that with I don't know if confidence is the right word because Whitley hasn't even made his major league debut. But I think long term over the course of their careers, I think Forrest Whitley will have a better career. Where did you I don't think you voted. So I think that's the first time you're answering this. Which one would you rather have in a dynasty? Yeah, a lot of times I, uh, when I post those polls, it, it's most of the time it's a thought that I've had. It's not usually it's, – it's never a trade that I have yeah. like on the table or something like that because let's be real here. A lot of the people that I'm in leagues with are in the group, so it's like – I'm not going to post that stuff out there usually, but um, it's really close, man. I I thought about it, went back and forth. I'm pretty sure I'd take Paddock, 
But a lot of it is because I just think that right now you can get a King's Ransom for him. Yes. And I think about that stuff too. I mean, one thing that I always think about when I'm, it's, it's so weird because there's like different levels to it. It's like, one is who do you like more? Like just you sitting there, player versus player, who do you like more? But one thing that I always try and think about that I think a lot of people don't do is I also think who do other people like more? Because when you have a player, like you're not only just getting, you're obviously getting his stats, but you also have a piece of property that you can trade off to someone else and get something else that you want. And I don't know. I just, I think that, and the poll, I didn't look, I was trying to pull it up, but my internet's running kind of crappy right now for some reason. But the poll kind of showed that um, I think Paddock had the lead. I mean, the last that I saw it, and I don't know, I just feel like, you, more people are are willing to go nuts for him. I, I do think he's a stud. I understand that Whitley's always been the higher rated prospect and could get there, but man, oh man, what else does Chris Paddock have to do? Like, I mean, the guy has just been ridiculous at every single level. I really, the only negatives that I can say about him was the injury, which is clearly in the rearview mirror. And the fact he's a pitcher, which Whitley is too. So it's just, um, yeah, I think I would take Paddock. Yep. I think long-term I'd rather have Whitley, but I get, I do agree with this part. I think most people value Paddock higher and significantly higher. I think trying to trade for Paddock in a league right now is really hard thing to do. Because anybody who has him is getting elite production right now, or really, really good production that they didn't pay much for. And it's just hard to buy that guy right now. I think people are in love with him for good reason. He's dominating. Yeah. I, An- another, thing, another thing I'll add, too, is I tend to have a long view with hitters more, with, more than I do than with pitchers. Like with pitchers... I pretty much always want the guy that I prefer for the next like two to three years, three years, let's say, because beyond that with a pitcher, I just feel like it's just really hard to predict. I beyond that amount of time and with hitters, I feel like you can get a little bit better of an idea even, you know, further into the future, if that's what you want to think about. But yeah, with pitchers, I'm just more to the, uh, I lean more towards like the immediate future, if it is the future. So I don't know. It's like Paddock's up in the majors. He's dominating major league hitters right now. And that's kind of the argument for him. But I, I, I won't put it this way. I won't be surprised at all if, like, in 15 years, it's like Forrest Whitley had the better career. Like, I won't yeah. be surprised at all. I'm just saying that if, I, it takes, if it takes him two to three years to get there, you know, to, to surpass, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
I could see it taking a little bit. I mean, Paddock's the way Paddock's going, but. I think the part that makes me hesitant about him is the fact that he, he does have a dominant changeup. I mean, it's a 70, 80 grade changeup that gets guys out. And he's going through the line league for the first time right now. And he's absolutely dominating, just like he dominated all through the minors last year. And he's got a great fastball. The question for me is the other pitches. I think he's only throwing a curveball. Like he's throwing those two pitches, I think, 90% of the time or something like that. He's only throwing his curveball 10% of the time right now because it's not at the level those others are. And he's got to get that pitch up there for, for me to believe that he can stick as an elite pitcher or even a high-end pitcher. And it, it kind of reminds me of Michael Walker. And Walker wasn't near as dominant there in the minor leagues coming up. But I remember when he came up to the Cardinals and was incredible in 2013. I've got his stats right now. He had a he was striking out a batter an inning and nobody was hitting him at through that second half run going straight into the World Series. And then the Boston Red Sox saw him and they absolutely let him eat up ate up his lunch. And from then on going into the next year is he was he's been a good pitcher but he's not been a great pitcher. And I don't know, I'm not, I, maybe it's not fair because Paddock has been better, but that is going through the back of my head. And I was trying to remember, I finally pulled it up. I remember Tony Singrani coming up for the Reds and he was another one of those two pitch pitchers with two pretty good pitches, but no slider, no curveball to go with it. And he was another one who had a real good run. And then all of a sudden he, he had a much, it went further South for him. And I'm, Again, I'm not saying Paddock's those guys, but it's still in the back of my head. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I I think that um, some of it, too, with Whitley is, uh, you know, I think that Whitley's pretty much universally recognized as the best pitching prospect in baseball. But as we've seen over the course of the last few years, that doesn't mean you're promised immediate dominance in the majors. Alex, you know, Reyes. it's like Alex Reyes, Julio Urias, Tyler Glasnow. I mean, Tyler Glasnow has just now gotten to the point where he's awesome, you know, and that was a few years ago. So I'm not saying that'll happen with Whitley, but when I've got a guy staring me in, a, in the face that's already doing it, it's kind of hard for me to turn my back on that. But I get that's- the argument. I get the argument. Trust me. Like I posted that. And most of the time when I post stuff like that, it's because I think it's pretty close Mm -hmm. and I do think it's close. I agreed. I'm just kind of making the argument for the guy that I slightly favor, but it's close for sure. I'm taking Whitley, but I also do not blame anybody for taking Paddock. Who's your, uh, who's your number seven here? Okay. Moving on. Taylor Trammell is my number seven. I power guy's got a little bit of power, hoping that develops, got some speed. He's a guy who hopefully will be a 2020 type hitter. I actually just traded for him. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. He traded for him with that Whit Merrifield trade and he's really good at taking walks. You know, strikeouts are in the low twenties through the minors so far, but I think he's got a good shot of being up a good, nice power speed guy with, also, I think he's a pretty good defender out there in at the outfield, which also helps increase his probability of being a major league regular. 
Nice. I had him uh, not on my top ten, but close. Okay. Very close. All right. right, So we're on to your eight, correct? Yep. All right. Let's hear it. You ready to say wow? All right. I'm ready to say wow. Christian Robinson. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, to be clear, like we mentioned before, uh, a lot of these guys near the top are off the list. So he it's, he'd really probably be like, like around my 18th or 20th, I guess, if you added in some of these other guys that have been called up, but yeah, man, I just, I just am buying into it. You know, he's, they're saying Eloy with speed and all kinds of, I've heard all kinds of stuff and it's just, just buying into it. I mean, he's really young. He carries risk. I get all that. But um, if there's a super duper star down at those low levels, I just I just believe it's him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. He and I'm uh, and I will say I'm more willing than I used to be to take a guy that's further away. And I kind of baked this into these rankings. I would rather take a guy that's further away that I think can be a superstar than a guy that's close that I don't think is one. Yeah. Because if you have a guy that's close and he comes up, like I think I made this, I think we may have been talking about Willie Adamas or something, but we were talking on one of the preseason episodes. And it's like if you have a guy that is close – that's all fine and, and good, but if he comes up and he's just your like middle infielder forever, well, then who really cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick those guys up off of free agents if you you know just get a hot fab bid or something. I mean, it's just I want the impact. Like I just want the impact, and I'm willing to wait for it more than I used to be. Put it that way. I'm with you on that. I on our Rotomasters two startup, I made the mistake of drafting too many guys that were close and missing. Not, I mean, I just hated that draft. And going into my startup this year, I did it completely different. And I grabbed a bunch of the Christian Robinson type hitters in yeah. those mid-teen rounds to make sure I got them because I'm not competing now, anyways. Let me go on and grab the guys who I think can have the upside to where. Christian Robinson could be the number one prospect in baseball a year from now. It's right. possible. And right. If you have that, you can get anything you want for him. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have Christian Robinson in Roto Masters three and every guy that I'm going to name after this, I wouldn't trade him for. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't like, I'm not trading that guy till further notice unless it's in a package for a major league superstar or else I'm just hanging on to him. Yep. So and just kind of just kind of my feelings on guys like that. Yep. I don't have any issue with that one at all. So my number we're at my number eight. Crew Robinson was your eight, correct? Yeah, Robinson was my eight. Yep. Okay. My number eight, Jordan Alvarez, who we've already talked about. So who's your number? Cool. Number nine, kind of the same thing with Christian Robinson. I've got Julio Rodriguez. Wow. Okay, that one surprises me more. Yeah. Because I knew, I knew the level that you had Robinson. 
I didn't think I didn't. I don't know why, because Julio's got the huge upside. We've talked about how much we like him. Yeah, it's just again, I'm I look at these guys, and I just if I had Julio Rodriguez, I wouldn't trade him for like I've had a couple people ask me about him in Rotomasters too, and we're so far off. It's just not even. It's just not even funny. Like I, yep. like I'll just sit on the dude. I don't care. Like because like yes, I'll move him, but. It has to be for something that's worthwhile, or I'm just not going to move him. Yep. There's no point. So, yeah, I think he's a stud. I think he's another one that could get to that level of just superstardom. You know, I really do. But, you know, is there a way to go? Sure, obviously. And he may be nothing. He may Correct. not make it. But, Correct. again, you're shooting for the upside there. Sure. Nope. I don't blame you. I've. We're about to go into two of mine here as we're going into nine and ten. That This is where I shot for the upside. One of them you've mentioned already. And then my number nine is Vidal Brujan, who... He's my yeah, ten. Yeah. <laughs> he's an A-ball and he's 21, so it's, he's not a baby here. But this is a guy who has elite speed upside in him. And yep. those guys are hard to find, especially with a really good hit tool where he's only, he's not struck out, but he's walking as much as he's striking out through the minors. Hopefully he's not doing, I mean, I can't help. It reminds me a lot of what Garrett Hampson, everything we were saying about why we loved him, but it's not fair to just because Hampson struggled in his first 30 games to say anything about Bruhan, but that's why we fell in love with Hampson for the same reason. These guys like that speed is the hardest thing to find. In fantasy yeah. baseball, and a guy like that who has good count, good hitting ability to go with it, it's just hard to find. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on Bruhan. I have him ten. I have him. he's my next guy. Um, you know that that type of package is it's tough to find. Elite speed. He gets on base. The only thing I kind of wonder with him is. Will he like? Will he just be close to a zero in power? You know, mm-hmm. but you kind of just hope to, that with the juice ball, you know, he, he. I'm talking like even if this guy hit ten to twelve home runs with everything else, that's fine. Which but he hit I nine just, last year. Yeah, he hit nine last year. Yeah, so he could be all right. I think. I think ten. I think he'll be a ten to fifteen home run guy because of that. I mean, if I definitely nine, uh, definitely like him. A ball, which you know what? I think I'm already changing it as I'm thinking about it. And I, I think I would rather have Christian Robinson than Bruhan, who I Christian's who I had at number 10. And I mean, I even at the startup in January, February, I took Robinson before. I'm probably going recency biased because I'm seeing what Bruhan's doing right now. Maybe that's affecting me. And I think I would flip that. So I'm going to go Robinson nine and Bruhan 10 with my top 10. Cool. Okay, so I have I three did. just three just oh, yeah. missing. I'll list them, and then I'll let you do your 11 through 20 here. Sure. And my three just missed in no real order were Jesus Lazardo, who I still really love, and I'm looking forward to seeing him get up. Hopefully that shoulder is okay. He's doing some mound work, and he's saying he's feeling great right now. Mackenzie Gore, who just looks incredible, and George Valera with the Indians. And I would bet I would bet all three of those are on your list. They are on my list. 
Okay, so let's hear it. Eleven. Well, wait, 20. who is who is your second one? Oh, Gore. Yeah, yeah. they're all three on my list. Yep. Okay. So hear. I've got. I'm just gonna read them off, and then if you want to mention any yeah. of them, but I've got eleven. I've got Taylor Trammell. Okay. Twelve. Drew Waters. Hmm. Thirteen. George Valera. Fourteen. Jonathan India. And I will say, I also favor bats obviously that's something we've talked about before mm-hmm. um so i'm gonna have the pitchers a little lower i do have three pitchers in a row after 14 15 mckenzie gore 16 casey mize yeah and, sev- and 17 jesus lazardo mize belongs in that conversation too yeah and then and i would have i thought i had lazardo a little higher and i moved him down a little bit um, I'll just finish reading these off and then I'll say a couple things. Uh, 18, I have Xavier Edwards, mm. who I absolutely love. 19, Jordan Groshans, and 20, Gavin Lux. And my two, I, I had three that I had close. Uh, Marco Luciano would have been Mark, one of yeah, them. Yeah, Marco Luciano, AJ Puck, and Jared Kelnick. Those three. So, you, you know what jumps. That was kind of my list. The one that jumps out to me that surprised me, raised my eyebrow the most there, was Jordan Groshans, who I have talked, I think we've talked about. He's moved up James Anderson's list, and that's a guy who I know loves him. But I'm surprised to hear Jordan Groshans come before Luciano on your list. Yeah, he's just, it's really not a slight on Luciano. It's just no. he, hasn't, he hasn't played yet, and Groshans is mashing, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, and that's kind of, the same thing with Mize, too. It's like like what I was saying before, you know, like I'm not huge on prospect pitchers a lot of times, but I do feel like if you have Casey Mize right now, you could trade him for a ton. Like yeah. I, I just think there's a, there's a lot of people buying into it, and I don't blame him. I mean, he's been phenomenal. So um, one thing I'll say – I had Gore ahead of those two. So, I no, I was saying I moved Lazardo down a little bit, um, just the shoulder, and I, I don't think he's quite an ace. I think that Gore is. I think, I, and I've said this before, I think if there's like a Clayton Kershaw out there that mm-hmm. comes in and is just like the best pitcher in the league, I think it's Mackenzie Gore. I, I love him. Like, I just absolutely love I think he is going to be – so awesome when he gets there. And the fact that I have a pitcher in high A, I believe is where, yeah, I believe he's in high A at 15. I mean, that tells you all you need to know. I, I love Mackenzie Gore. Like just love him. If I but close yeah. my eyes and I think of Lizardo Gore and, um, Mize and their ceilings, I do definitely see Gore significantly higher than those other two. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, Lizardo. That's, kind of, that's kind of the way I went. And Lazardo is close, and I do think he's really good, too. I, I actually initially, when I first did it, had Lazardo a little higher and then moved him down just a touch. But, I mean, they're all good. These guys, are, it's splitting hairs the whole way. Yep. I could see Lazardo being a guy that's I, – I, you know, if things go right for him, I could see him being a Jack Flaherty type. And yeah, I'm not saying yeah. that ty- exact type of pitcher, but that kind of level, like uh, a high top end 20, number, top 25. Yeah, like yeah. a high end number two or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
or low end ace, you know, at peak or something. Yeah, yeah. Same for no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. Well, that was a lot of fun. I loved that. I prospects are just so much fun to talk about in general. And I know we talked the top of the top here, but it's just I thought it would be fun to do it this way in terms of that because there are so many guys coming up and we've got a new wave here coming. And I think that's good information for some of these guys. Not everybody plays in deep dynasty leagues and some of them just play in shallow keeper leagues with a few keepers prospect spots to where these, some of these guys may be available in some of these leagues. You know what I, you know, what we forgot to do. Where would you have had Hura? Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't, uh, I didn't even think about that. I think I would have had him, you'd have had him four. I'd have had him a little lower. I think I would have had him like six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in, somewhere in, I'd have had him ahead of Robinson. I would have had him in like Kirilov, Whitley, somewhere right in there. Yeah. Kirilov is the one that I was going back and forth on. I think I'd have here, here above Kirilov. And yeah, Royce, Royce Lewis is the one I'm like, oh man, I don't know between those two. I think I'd rather have here. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Andrew, I thought the last thing we'd talk about, you did you about as a trade you made in our dynasty league this week. It was the first ever in the Rotomasters two league, a uh, three way trade. Uh, if, for those of you that don't know on fan tracks, you can actually do three player three way trades now. They've set that up this year, and I've gotten to do one earlier this year. I no, actually, I saw one happen. Oh, now I'm blanking. Yeah, I saw one happen in my other league earlier this year, and I think they're real neat. I haven't gotten to do one yet myself officially on here. I did a three way trade all separate a few years ago, but anyway, you ended up giving up some pieces and landed yourself a Steven Strasburg. And it was fascinating to look at this when this happened. You actually messaged me about 20 minutes before and said, you're going to freak when you see what I'm getting ready to do here. And <laughs> didn't disappoint. This was fun to look at. Why yeah. Talk about it? Yeah. They, um, so Bryant had been put on the block. Um, you know, it was just mentioned that Bryant was available and I kind of wanted him, but then I was just thinking of like this particular team. I need pitching a little more than I need the offense. So I had been trying to get Strasburg and, um, the other two guys, I'll just, I'll just say it. It's, uh, Steve Trapani and Paul Martin, they're both in, in the, uh, were the other two guys that we made the trade. So Paul had Bryant, Steve had Strasburg, and uh, Steve wanted Bryant, and I wanted Strasburg from Steve. So we were just talking. Steve messaged the both of us and was like, hey, I've got an idea, and I sent it to you guys. He's like a three-team trade or whatever, and I was like, oh my gosh, because I, you know, I've just never set one of those up. I mean, I've thought about doing it. I've always thought like, oh, it'd be cool to do one, but just never actually proposed one even, you know? And uh, the more I was thinking about this, I'm like, I didn't like the initial one that he sent, 
But I was like, this is, there's something here because he wanted Bryant and I wanted Strasburg. And if I was going to go after Bryant, it wouldn't, it just wasn't, I would have had to give up more than, and just didn't make a lot of sense. And going after Strasburg, what Steve wanted was Bryant. So it just all kind of worked out. Um, I wound up getting Strasburg and a first-round pick. And Steve got Bryant and a fifth-round pick. And Paul got a lot of pieces because he's kind of rebuilding. He got Jeff McNeil, Luis Garcia of the Nats. Uh, Nick Schnell, which I gave up all these because I wasn't giving up the two studs. So I gave up McNeil, Garcia, Schnell, and a second round pick. And, uh, oh, and then Steve gave uh, Paul Corbin Martin as part of it too. So Paul got a lot of pieces, a lot of young pieces. And then I basically got Straws in a first and Steve got Bryant. So it's fun trade, fun trade all around. Yeah fascinating to look at i definitely like how it came out for you better than the other guys but i also think that i get what paul's doing he's trying to restock and steve came out with chris bryant which no shame in that especially tonight as we're talking it's friday night and chris bryant just hit his third home run in three consecutive innings so yeah he he's looking like you know before the year i was really i think in the predictions i said he was going to have a big breakout and I came, I softened on that after his first couple of weeks, how just weak contact, much weak contact he was having. But he's blown up right now to where he may be getting back to playing closer to maybe somewhere between 2016 and 2017 for him. But yeah, I will say too, I, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it too much on the last podcast. I know I briefly mentioned because he was pitching. Uh, during that last podcast, but I have a feeling Corbin Martin's going to be really good. I yeah. just have, I just have a gut feeling that in six months, you know, going into next season, his value is going to be higher than it is right now. I think he's on the arrow up and Agreed. he's on a great team, obviously. And he's just a good pitcher. I, I just won't be surprised if he uh, continues to push upwards. So I, that's one that's one piece that I uh, I did like Paul getting, and I didn't. I'm not the one who gave it up, so I didn't really care. I was just <laughs> over trying. We're like working at trying to make everyone happy, you know, and also keeping an eye on what everyone is giving up and getting. And it was kind of uh, a little complicated, but it was it was fun. It was fun. You got do. it done. Yeah. And again, I think what makes this trade good for you personally, you're contending, and I don't think you gave up anything that really hurts you in the short term. Terms of no, he gave up McNeil no. and he was expendable for your roster. Garcia, I've been on record saying I'm not quite as high on him as I think the field is, but he's still a top twenty prospect on most people's lists. Was I'm actually he wasn't in your top twenty, was he? No, no, he's huh. he's probably pretty close though. Yeah, yeah he's, he's. I know. I figured he's he the uh, he's the youngest guy at Double A right now, mm-hmm. so. That's something that needs to be factored in when you look at his mediocre stat line that he has right now, because it's it's definitely that. But he's he's young for the level, so he'll be all right, I'm sure. For the record, that has nothing to do with my take on him. I had that take before this year, but I um 
I like what you did in terms of you're contending. You're in first place right now, and Strasburg's a horse. Hopefully, he can stay healthy yeah. for most of the year, and it'll be worth it. Yeah, hopefully, he stays healthy. That's that's the main thing. I liked getting the first two, but uh huh. That's you're really good at sucking those up out of people. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I should really be speaking. I have three firsts right now going into the next. <laughs> yeah, I was year's. gonna say you. I was gonna say you usually have them too. So. <laughs> right now, I think if the season ended, I'd have the fifth, sixth, and seventh picks. That might be fifth, sixth, and eighth now. I think Brian Crump's moving his way up in those standings. But uh, okay, either way. Okay, well, great show. I've really enjoyed talking the prospects with you, Andrew. Do you have anything else you want to discuss before we get out of here? Nah, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun show. You know, it's like I was saying. A lot of times, I feel like people like hearing the young the talks with the young guys because the older veterans, we watch them every day, you know? So it's, uh, it's kind of nice to just talk to these guys sometimes to go behind the curtain. I, my job, I'm a district rep for my company and I usually have a little flexibility to work in at night to record any night of the week. And we, I've, we've been mostly recording in the middle of the week until these last few weeks, I've been working with a new guy and, uh, and doing so, I've been getting up pretty early the last couple of weeks and doing get, recording on a weeknight kind of been difficult and been doing a lot of these on Friday, but that just ended. So fingers crossed, that'll be the last of that for a little while and might be a little more flexible where we can record a, either more, a little more frequently, or at least record during the week when, when, when that's possible. So hopefully we'll be getting, keep getting you guys good content out there. And I hope you all listen to this. And or enjoyed listening to this tonight. I know I enjoyed talking about it. So yep. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Well, again, we appreciate y'all listening and take care, everybody. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.